What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. It is night two of our Hero Talk Podcast. We did our episode recaps on a completely separate podcast last night, considering it was the, of course, um, season finales for Stargirl and um, Doom Patrol. And we also had the series finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So to give those shows the full recaps that they deserved, we wanted to give that a separate podcast today we're coming back only talking news today so if you did weren't able to listen to the last podcast because you didn't watch those shows well now this is the podcast absolutely to listen to because we're all going to be talking about news we had some breaking news as we uh record tonight so i'm really excited to get talking about that so let's get the show on the road man it should be a really fun one joining me are my co-hosts starting with shamari stewart now shamari i wanted to ask you about uh one had you seen the uh, the new Batman uh, symbol that was trademarked by DC for the movie. Yep. No, I had not. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they 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 had trademarked a symbol for uh, the Batman. That would be the official, I guess, DC symbol for the movie. And I gotta admit, I thought I like it. I think that it's um, mm-hmm. it gives me kind of like Batman Beyond meets like. Batman, the new adventures vibes, um, okay. in terms of the logo. I don't know how you feel about it from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm looking at it now. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of like the thin bat. I know people really like the older, the the last Batman symbol, which was the the you know thicker quote unquote. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, it was the, 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 the wider bat symbol, which I thought was great. <laughs> I thought it was an amazing symbol. Um, but I kind of, I kind of liked how slick this is again it kind of reminds me of like the batman the animated series like the last two seasons the last season of it when it was the new adventures and batman went to the gray and black suit um so i I dig the symbol but uh what i want to talk about also sham was there was this new conversation that kind of was reevaluated again today um talking about what the rating will be for the batman because um when we look at comments that were made by Robert Pattinson earlier in the year, he certainly seemed to, at the very least, be very open to the Batman being a movie that could potentially be rated R, which is not something really we talked about because I think we all kind of assumed it'd be PG-13. But earlier this year, he said that uh, when it comes to uh, you know pushing you know character limits with someone like Batman, he said the only thing that's more complicated is the rating. As soon as you make something... Uh, and rated R movie, you're free to do so much more stuff. In terms of the character itself, I want to push it as far as it possibly can go, and I think Matt Reeves does as well. Um, so I let the people, you know, suggesting, you know, could Matt Reeves be trying to push this movie to be rated R, and is, would that be smart for Warner Brothers in DC? What do you make of that uh, idea? So I think it could be. So I think it could be a couple of things. It could be uh, good and bad in a way. Um, mostly good for me <laughs> as an adult. Um, I, of course, there are a lot of child fans of Batman, obviously, for obvious reasons. There's may have been many cartoons. There's many toys. Um, you know, and and is, and he, I mean, he's Batman. So he's a guy running fun. around in a cape. And a cow, he's fighting. He's fighting a clown, you know. So the kids are gonna like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and in our culture at this point, he's the A-list superhero. Yeah. So I mean, making 
So having this movie be rated R is gonna be problematic on some level, just because. <laughs> Good kids... luck explaining that to John Stinky and Warner Media. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. So it's it, so yeah. There's something. It's a little eh on that regard in terms of just kind of blocking kids from being able to see this movie. Because I mean, ideally. Any all Batman movies would be accessible to kids, on some level. Um, the Joker movie is separate. Joker's a villain, and I mean he's a bad guy. No one should be idolizing him as right, Kendall as, as Kendall has pointed yeah, out. They would many times. movie regardless. <laughs> <laughs> they made that joint PG thirteen. Yeah, Kendall would have been Kendall, Kendall <laughs> shaking would've, in my boots. Kendall with one eye open. Kendall would have had pickets on. <laughs> <laughs> if that was PG thirteen. Kendall, Kendall would have led led a led a march outside of Warner Brother office. <laughs> Save, save, save our children. <laughs> um, so yeah, in, in that regard, I, I, th- I don't think it's great. But in terms of the movie, the quality of the movie, I think it's a wonderful idea. I think it's fantastic. I just sent, I just sent uh, you guys a, a video earlier today, even on B- Batman Year One, and how yeah. Frank Miller almost um, was. Uh, there was a screenplay written for the movie, and it almost came out. Yeah, uh, and it was super dark. Uh, you know, disturbing. Um, but in the few scenes that I had seen, in in terms of the scenes that were were described in the screenplay, it's not like it's going to be extremely intense, like a Batman that we had never seen on screen before. Um, mm-hmm. so, and in a good way, in a way that's like, wow, this is extremely dramatic and and deep, and sad, because Batman's story is sad. So in that sense, Absolutely. I think it'll actually be a good thing if it were rated R. So it's it's good and bad, but I say mostly good because I think the quality of the movie can be so fantastic that it can it can in, almost revolutionize uh, the Batman character in a way on screen. And though joins us on the podcast as well. Kind of what are your thoughts on a R-rated Batman? Is it yeah. something you can do in this day and age? Yeah. If he, so. Um, I, when you look at the Batman character, um, typically I don't think you could do a radar Batman. I think Warner Brothers is in an, they are in an interesting spot. First of all, I think whatever whatever the deal is with movie theaters in the country, you know, by the time this movie comes out, like if this was VOD, then yeah, you can you can make radar. Like kids will still, I mean, obviously there's still you know limits, but like you, like theaters wouldn't be obliged to say kids can't come. Um, I guess, you you know, there's still ways you can get around that. But um, but regard, regardless of that, um, assuming every, we're, we're in a normal sense, I don't think you can do a rated R Batman movie, but we're also in an interesting spot because, like you said, we just had Joker, uh, an Academy Award winning, uh, at least Joaquin Phoenix, an Academy Award winning, nominated and winning uh, movie. Um, so obviously... There is some upside to them saying, oh, let's just make it rated R from a critical standpoint and a uh, reception standpoint. Um, I think the one area of wiggle room that they have is because of that Joker movie and because there is the talk of maybe we get a Michael Keaton Batman Beyond movie at some point with a Terry McGinnis. If you do that oh. and you make that PG-13, you make that kind of your your quote-unquote Batman and like Robert Pattinson some other dimension. Offshoot. Yeah, some offshoot where you're just trying to win some awards and, 
you know, kind of reclaim the DC name a little bit, then that's the only way in which this could work. You know, I don't think you can just say Robert Pattinson is the Batman of the future and he's rated R. Like that's that's gonna be a mm-hmm. tough thing to sell to John Stinky. It's like how are we gonna make money like that? Like you can make money. How many toys can we sell with this? Right, but you really, you know, you're really cutting off a major part of the fan base like like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we've talked about that with a, a ton of movies. Venom. I remember, I remember we had this conversation with Venom, and I was like, well, "Why would you make Venom rated R? I mean, you'd probably make it a better movie, but if you're trying to make money, which we know Tony's trying to make money, you know that you can sell Venom to kids. It's an easy sell. Batman is the same way. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, to me. I, it would be odd unless they are doing the Batman Beyond thing. The other interesting Batman news is uh, we may be getting a Court of Owls game, which that's been the word for a while. Yeah, yeah I mean, con- I mean, we'll, conversation for the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean that seems uh, inevitable. Uh, WB Montreal, I think if they didn't make an announcement already, they're supposed to make some kind of announcement soon. Um, so you know, we'll be talking about DC fandom in just a bit, but just quickly on this. Uh, Joe and his Batman idea of a rated R Batman movie, you know, it's, it's interesting. I kind of feel like it goes both ways because, you know, shout out to Daniel Rickman, a.k.a. Daniel Arc PK. Um, you know, we talk about his stuff all the time. And he, you know, someone that, you know, they started floating that out there again today. He tweeted, you know, Joker was rated R, Birds of Prey was rated R, the Suicide Squad will be rated R. So, you know, why not Batman? And I think in some ways it goes both ways because on the one side, to me, I think in one sense it's actually a little more bolder to do Batman as rated R, given the character's long-standing mainstream appeal to children. Um, I know he's a very dark character, but there's never been anything about Batman that hasn't been for kids. Like he's like, you know, a lot of people's a lot of the reason why people are fans of Batman and the introduction to Batman is through their childhood. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's different than Deadpool, where, like, no, like, there aren't eight-year-olds who, like, they were introduced Deadpool as eight-year-old, you know? Like, that's not, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe now with the movies, but, like, before the movie, I mean, like, there's nobody like that. Everybody who was introduced to Deadpool, you probably were, like, a teenager, you know, or even a, a maybe a young adult who, that that's the kind of person that would have been introduced to that kind of character. So, it's different with Batman, where you have kids that are, all, you know, they're introduced to Batman probably when they're two, three years old, you know? <laughs> so now to say, okay, we're going to, you know, limit that demographic, I think is a bold decision. I think that it comes most likely with some kind of um, box office dink. Now, on the flip side, which is why I say I wouldn't do it, though I think creatively, it absolutely um, helps. I think that. ratcheting up the stakes and the intensity of every interaction Batman is in or every interaction that's happening in Gotham City, which is a very grimy city, it makes sense to have a rated R rating with that. So creatively, I think it makes perfect sense to have it be rated R. And when we say rated R, like, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, there will be blood or, like, you know, Friday the 13th. Like, to me, Joker was rated R, but, like, it wasn't like, oh, there were all of these, like, explosive violent moments in the movie they really aren't there it's a very creepy movie and there are there are explosive moments of violence but like it's not a bloodbath and that's to me how i would do batman it would be this kind of the same thing well yeah maybe you see joe shoots somebody in the head or maybe you see somebody you know get an arm cut off you know by you know penguin 
because they didn't get a job done right. Something like, but like to me, like that would make sense given those characters and given the world. Um, I wouldn't just you know make it where again where just like heads are flying off every two seconds. That's not that's unnecessary. So, so I get it creatively, but I think that there is a ding to happen if you do it from a marketing and commercial standpoint. But on the flip side, it's interesting too because. Batman is in a position as well where you can almost argue the flip side. You can almost argue that that look, Bat- Batman is a box office uh, juggernaut, and I don't care what rating it is, it's going to get a ridiculous number. It's going to get a huge number at the box office, regardless of the rating. He's that much of a draw. So to the point where it's like, okay, you're going to lose maybe some money, but what's it's like relative. Like, is losing. 30 million on a box office weekend that big a deal if you made 150 it might not be because that was what batman would do i think as rated r i don't think it would have really much of like a a crazy terrible effect on it in terms of like you know losing half of your audience but but i think that it would be enough to where to me it comes to the point when warner brothers got asked is it worth it you know is it is putting together a movie that may be better because it's rated R, worth losing the money you're gonna lose, and it doesn't matter if you're gonna make a lot of money. Like you could almost argue, on in a sense that like Birds of Prey being rated R was dumber because like that was already gonna be a that was gonna be a sell anyway. You were gonna have to try to sell that movie, and just cutting part of the audience for the sake of just really nothing. Because when you watch the movie, that movie didn't have to be rated R. Um, that ended up hurting the box office, I think. So it, it, it's it's like an interesting dichotomy. I think it can go both ways. In some ways, it's like maybe Batman isn't as risky as it, as I think, but I also feel like Batman is... Like, you could break box office records if you go PG-13 make a great Batman movie, you market it well. Like, it can't happen if it's rated R. But... That might not be a big deal to you, you know what I'm saying? Like I would right. now, I would imagine if I'm an executive at Warner Brothers, and my job is to make the most money for this company as possible, especially following a pandemic. I can't imagine that money isn't the number one thing you care about. That that's means if you think that that's that they think that this is going to be some vanity project and they don't mind if they lose in the box office, I just think that's very naive, you know. So. At the end of the day, it's all going to be about the bag. And while you could say, look, you're going to do great in the box office anyway, which I agree is true, I just think you don't do that with Batman. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe there's another character that you can kind of, that's a middle ground between Birds of Prey and Batman, That where if you did a radar, maybe the Suicide Squad is that, like, middle ground. Where you can say, okay, I'm willing to give up a little bit if, like, we get the, like, the critical acclaim. Because the critical acclaim still can come with, still leads to money even if it's not the direct box office cash you know what i'm saying so it's uh you know so it's uh, it's it's like a it's an i thought i think it's an interesting question i think batman when it comes to the radar question for batman i think he's the most interesting character to talk about i know we talked about it with like superman and man of steel and past and stuff and i never thought that made any sense um batman makes the most sense given how dark and grimy his story always is and how it naturally would lend itself to a rated R story but then when you you talk about his like just like just a brand you know a plus brand it's like why would you even think about tarnishing it not tarnishing it but like 
diminishing it in terms of its appeal in any circumstance, like under, under, under any circumstance. Like why wouldn't you want to just maximize that to the fullest? So I would say um, it's not necessary, especially when I've seen great Batman movies out of PG-13. Like I never, no one watched The Dark Knight and thought, man, this would be better if it was rated R. Now, maybe it would have been, but nobody's thinking that or saying that. And trust me, Dark Knight made way more money being the PG-13 movie it is than it would have been if it was rated R. So it's, I think that um, it's like a fun, like, thing to think about. But I can't imagine that being, like, the right way to go. Any last thoughts on this, guys, before we get into, like, the real subjects of this show? That's my take on it, though. Uh, Yeah, I mean... It- I, I think still business, from a business standpoint, it's going to be tough to to sell that to to execs. Again, it would just have to come with, do you think that the critic response and the critic, because the key would be you'd have to make a great Batman movie. Like, obviously, and that goes without saying, if you make a radar Batman movie and it's average, then you've really messed up. It's, it's risky in that regard. But if you make yeah. it great like Joker, then yeah, you, word of mouth, will make it to where you'll make up a lot of that money on the back end in other ways. Um, so uh, that really, that if you're really confident in the movie, then I think it's viable, but I would still have to, if I'm Warner Brothers, say, all right, but we got to make some other Batman movie that kids can really get behind. Yeah. You know, yeah, Batman Beyond, it seems like a moneymaker. You know, I mean, they, they have other characters, obviously. It's not like Batman's the only character in the DCU, but... Um, He's kind of the only one in that mold. So, if you're going to make someone else, I mean, I think Terry McGinnis would be a uh, be a great fit. Um, let's get to uh, this breaking story we got today, guys, coming in on a late um, Wednesday night here. So, uh, Sony Pictures, um, according to Deadline, has uh, signed Olivia Wilde uh, to a deal to direct and develop a Marvel film starring a female superhero with that superhero expected to be Spider-Woman. So we've talked about this Spider-Woman project for a little bit, uh, at least a year, I would say. I would that, That's been kind of floated out there as a possibility. And um, we know that obviously Sony's trying to, you know, grow their, um, their platform and their portfolio of, you know, franchises beyond just Spider-Man because they know they have these film rights and, you know, without the opportunity to, you know, really build beyond the Spider-Man universe, they're going to try to milk as much as they can. And Spider-Woman, despite, you know, and now it depends on what Spider-Woman we're talking about. But if you're talking about the Jessica Drew Spider-Woman, I guess we'll have that conversation soon. Um, despite you know, her, like, connection to Spider-Man being very, very minimal, she still is under that umbrella given, I guess, the deal that they worked out with Marvel. So, obviously, female character, which is something that, you know, all these superheroes, uh, all these uh, movie industries, uh, people are going to be trying to uh, take advantage of in terms of uh, female leads in this day and age. So, Spider-Woman appears to be coming to the big screen, and, and Olivia Wilde is expected to be a big part of that project. So, I'll give it to uh, Kendall first. What do you make of this news? Uh, I'm not... Look, obviously, I think the 
the announcement of any Marvel movie is a good thing to me, and especially a new property. So I'm never going to say, oh, I don't like this, unless it's like something where it's like they've messed up a character or they messed up a story that I would have preferred. Um, but I will say it's not like it's, it, I will say Spider-Woman w- wasn't first on my list of characters that I wanted to get their own movie. But but again, it's a it's a new Marvel it's a new Marvel project, so I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna I'm not upset about it. Um, obviously, Sony's involved, so that's unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> but we do know that uh, well, it seemed as if Marvel Studios is gonna be involved as well. Um, given that, I mean, people, someone actually tweeted at her, like, or someone tweeted in general, like, you know, I can't believe, you know, uh, Olivia Wilde is going to be doing a Marvel Studios movie, it's, you know, Match Made in Heaven or something like that, and she tweeted back, like, yeah, isn't it great or something like that? So it was, it was like, well, she's basically confirming that. That's a, that's a interest, that was an interesting exchange, and I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to bring it up. What do you make of that exchange? Because... Now, of course, there could... Go ahead. There could have been... It could have been a situation where maybe, you know, she didn't confirm it. She could have just ignored that part of it and just said, yeah, it's great. I'm doing a Marvel movie. And Marvel and Marvel Studios, you know, obviously could get mixed up. But being as she's uh, obviously, you know, well-versed in Hollywood, I think she knows the difference between Sony and Marvel Studios. So um makes me think, yeah, I think Marvel Studios is involved in some level. Because... It's interesting to me because so that exchange sham was with Josh Gad, who is yeah. an actor, obviously, and Josh Gad ha- is a Marvel fan. Like he's he, um, you know, he had the he thing. Got, yeah, he works he, for Disney. <laughs> yeah, and he works for Disney, Disney, and he's a, a a Marvel fan. And to me. He like because sometimes sometimes people do things that they don't know what they're doing. So like him, you know, just thinking I'm being you know social media savvy and tagging Marvel Studios because everybody knows Marvel makes sense to him. Maybe he doesn't realize what that comes with. I feel like of all people, Josh Gad would know. At least maybe maybe I'm selling maybe I'm I'm projecting, but. I feel like that's not an accident by him. It also dawned on me that he's an actor and he's in the industry. And industry folk sometimes doing these kind of things where they tweet at each other and then she responds. Sometimes that stuff is pre-orchestrated and preordained and planned. So I take all that to think, hmm, well, maybe this was their way to kind of get out immediately that this is an MCU movie. Um, but... Then on the flip side, again, I also feel like, well, what if Josh Gad just being excited and wanting to tweet someone who maybe he knows or is friends with, and you know, maybe he put Marvel Studios movie based on something he heard, or maybe he just put it just for whatever, and maybe Olivia didn't have the savvy to know what that meant between Marvel Studios and Sony, like that. I, I'm having trouble, Sham. I guess coming to grips with could Olivia Munn? I mean, excuse me, Olivia Wilde. Sorry. I had Olivia Munn in the mind because of G4's return. Um, like, is it possible that she could have gone through this major deal with Sony this whole time and not known that she wasn't doing a Marvel Studios movie and kind of pseudo-co-signed this? Or, or did she just not do anything because she didn't want to 
ruffle any feathers or she just you know played it nice with this tweet knowing that maybe this isn't really a marvel studios movie like i don't i, I just I, I really don't know which way this goes champ it is basically show a long story short like i think it could go many ways in terms of is this an mcu movie is this, is is she co-signing that this is an mcu movie yeah yeah i mean it could it could go go as you said it could be have various different meanings it's always hard to interpret you know a lot of these tweets and exchanges and you know it's like that it's like that um uh it's like that charlie day you know the, the whiteboard meme where he's like losing his mind yeah, and yeah. has all the connect these all the conspiracy theories and whatnot <laughs> and you know it's like you know i, I don't know who knows <laughs> yeah yeah. You know, it could mean something. It could have a double meaning. Was it sarcasm? Was it oh, I'm putting something into the world and hoping that it comes true? You know, it could have a million different meanings. Um, but, um, uh, but I do think you guys are right to make note that she's in the industry and more than likely is familiar with Marvel Studios on some level. And Josh Gad is certainly familiar with Marvel Studios. And Disney, especially. Yes. Right. So, It'll be a Marvel Studios movie at some point. Yeah, I'm sure at some point. So, yeah, I mean, that's just that's just something to make note of <laughs> when considering what this means. Um, I think it, I think this is very exciting news. Um, I mean, the Sony Spider properties have been hit or miss. I, I guess you could say. I mean, the Tom Holland stuff has has worked out. Those they were working directly with Marvel Studios. I mean, I think you have to say right now, commercially they've only been hits. Yeah, commercially they've been hits. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of the quality, it's it's been a mixed bag. So Sony Marvel. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a mixed bag, but yeah, Sony Marvel. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag. Yeah. So. So I'm excited. Uh, as I'm excited for all superhero movies that are that are announced, um, I mean I think the character um, it could be a very a very interesting story. It, it could be um, uh, I think the abilities on display could be extremely cool. So I'm on board. I I am uh, you know of course as we do with all movies I'll be. And, you know, of course, whenever the movie comes out, hopefully the movie theaters are open. Who knows what the world will look like? You know, all those whatever COVID dis- disclaimers uh, will be there opening day <laughs> uh, to see the movie. And, um, you know, hopefully we get, you know, some cast announcements and official announcements soon uh, with regards to who will be Spider-Woman and what other heroes and villains will be in this movie. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one I, I will, I'm excited about this. Let me be clear. Um, I, I think that this is the right character to go with, uh, the right move. I think Jessica Drew. Well, let me let me say let me do an asterisk on it. I think Spider Woman has the potential to be a really cool story, but with the caveat to me of I want this to be Jessica Drew and all. Signs point to it being Jessica Drew, so maybe I shouldn't freak out just yet. But look, Spider Gwen has gotten a lot of momentum, and Spider Gwen is also a cool character. But I ain't trying to see Spider Gwen in a live action movie. To me, I think that it's too much of the same. I'm, I don't need another. I don't need Gwen Stacy anymore. Um, 
give me something that I haven't seen on live action. Give me someone new. Give me someone who's been under underrated. And I think that, again, to me, Jessica Drew, probably one of the more underrated characters in the Marvel Universe. And I, I love the way, you know, when I got back into reading comics on a regular basis, you know, Jessica Drew was being pushed to the forefront, joining the Avengers. Now, of course, that was a big lead into Secret Invasion, which was awesome. And then seeing that Jessica Drew character had to come out of Secret Invasion was awesome. And her having to come to grips with this idea that she'd been, you know, the face of a alien invasion that tried to, uh, was very close to being successful, taking over the world. And what that meant for her character, uh, it was, it was, it was a great ride. So I hope that they don't maybe do the easy things. I think Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen would be a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier to market, a lot easier to sell. Um, Spider-Woman, I think, is a little trickier, but I think it's the payoff creatively is the same. I think it could be outstanding. And that's what, so that's what I'm hoping to see. That's my only caveat to this. I, I, if it's Spider-Gwen, like, cool. I'm not really looking forward to that as much, but if it's Spider-Woman and it's Jessica Drew, then I'm all on board for it. I haven't personally seen any movie Olivia Wilde has directed. Um, she's only she directed, directed like one. Yeah, uh, and it did really well apparently in terms of critical acclaim. Uh, she directed Booksmart, which was a, uh, a a comedy film, and it was it won awards. So that's a very good sign um, in terms of her directing ability. And she's she's been yeah it was twenty nineteen film. And yeah, she's been. Yeah, it was just last year, and she's been in Hollywood forever. So I'm not gonna say that she can't direct, but um, it is surprising to me that that you know she that this is that they're going for someone who's been known more as just an actress, and her first big budget movie is gonna be this superhero movie. Like it's surprising. I, I know I don't know what other female directors may feel a little slighted, but Olivia did prove her worth. In terms of as a filmmaker in the last film she did, uh, so I guess she deserves that shot. Marvel's been taking uh, they've been taking a lot of swings with a lot of younger directors recently. It's very interesting. Um, we didn't talk about it, but uh, you know, a couple weeks ago we had Nia DaCosta get tapped for uh, Captain Marvel two, and yeah, she's thirty I think right now. Mm. When the movie comes out, she'll be thirty two, which is around the same age Ryan Coogler was right. when Black Panther came out. Um, I think she might be younger or, again, so they, were almost around, they were almost around the same age, but she might actually be younger than Coogler was when Black Panther came out, but um, they've definitely gone with some younger directors recently. You know, Olivia Wilde's only 30-something, I think, like 35, 36, so... I think she's 36. Yeah, so, I mean, this is... Um, this is an, an interesting trend. You know, we've got, you know, DaCosta doing the Candyman movie that's out this year and uh but not much else on on the on the track record. We've got Olivia Wilde with not much on the track record as a director, so definitely taking chances on some people, but yeah. um you know, I definitely think it's, it's it it was important for them to get female directors for uh these movies. So Oh, of course. And in my Feige, issue Feige is going to make sure that sure the ship is going in the right direction. Yeah, it was very rare that we've heard uh, again outside of the the blip that was the Edgar the Edgar Wright Ant Man situation. It's very rare you hear about the uh, the creative differences with Marvel, unlike uh, Netflix. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag uh, guitar, hashtag live airbender. 
Now, while we talk about the Marvel Studios, remember, right now, as of right now, we still don't know what Marvel Studios' involvement is with this particular project. Like, this has been so far pitched as a Marvel film that Sony is developing. Now, of course, apparently there have been rumors that there may be a kind of co-producing um, deal with Spider-Woman as well, but that was only rumors that never were substantiated. Right, that, you know, Marvel owns Jessica Drew and what you yeah. call Spider-Man or Spider-Woman. So, we, so we had the DaCosta uh, news with Captain Marvel, um, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, Marvel Studios working in the same way because this whole article that Div- that uh, Deadline put out, and I start, uh, shout out to, I think, Boris, uh, Justin Kroll, uh, who got this one, uh, got this scoop. Um, this was all pitched as just a whole Sony deal. Like, I, there was no real right. Feige Marvel Studios aspect. <laughs> the only Marvel Studio aspect that we got was the tweet from um, from Homeboy to, to Wild. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Josh Gad. So, so that that you need to preface that. But I mean, are you guys as are? Is anyone else as steadfast? Now, I, to be clear, I think that this is going to be Jessica Drew because there's enough, um, there's enough smoke on the internet to suggest it's going to be Jessica Drew. Like Marvel, as soon as this news came out, half hour later, posted like a seven best things to know about Jessica Drew. I think Marvel, the website, Marvel Entertainment, they're going to know if, if, like, the movie is going to be Jessica Drew at this point. I don't think they're putting out something and it's actually Spider-Gwen, you know? So, so I, I think we're cool with that. But does anyone else feel as strongly as I do about this having to be a Jessica Drew movie for this to really move the needle for you guys, personally? Uh, I... I mean, I mostly... there are a lot do. of Spider-Women. I, There's just Julia Carpenter, you know... Uh, but I, I don't want to see anyone else. But what do you think? Sorry, Shan, go ahead. Yeah, I mostly do. Um, I mean, I, as you said, I know Gwen Stacy's been getting been extremely popular lately. Um, I would prefer to see Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. I think everybody would. That's not a, just a Gwen Stacy stan. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't think it would be wise for them. I mean, it may be wise in terms of toy sales, possibly. Yeah, I think marketing. Yeah, Money-wise, that would be the way to go. The Spider-Verse movie made obviously made her a huge character. Yeah, so. yeah. I guess in terms of the kids and the and the te- and the tweens and all that, maybe it'll maybe it'll yeah. be more wise in that regard. But in every other regard, I don't think it would be wise. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think that's what they're gonna do. I. I I'd give that a probably a, a, I'd say at this point I'm about ninety percent sure that it's gonna be it's gonna be Jessica Drew. I, there really isn't much doubt in my mind that it's not gonna be Jessica Drew. Shame. I, I mean, uh, Kendall, I've seen two people on social media, well, not three people, just searching Jessica Drew on Twitter, and the actress that keeps getting brought up for this role for fans is um, uh, Daisy Ridley. What would you think of that? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if you're trying to sell tickets, you're talking about well, box office. You know how I, I'm always thinking from kids. the I'm always thinking from the from the business standpoint, the studio standpoint. That that would certainly sell tickets. Um, ah, Daisy Ridley. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's the role. I I think Daisy Ridley again. She she's gonna be a, she's gonna be a superhero at some point outside of Ray, a comic book character. I I don't know if it's Spider Woman. Um. But 
I mean, if you want to give her, give it a shot. Um, I did the the Tomb Raider movie that she's supposed to be in, or something else, or Lara Croft, wherever she's supposed to play. Did that ever come out? Or that, uh, that haven't come out yet. I don't know. I, I didn't know, know she was supposed to be Tomb Raider. I didn't know anything yeah. about that. Maybe not. Tomb yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was Tomb Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider is Tom Holland. If, right? if I type Daisy, Rid- well, Daisy Ridley Tom and Tomb Raider, I get a 2016 article. So I'm assuming no, that didn't come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so we haven't seen really Daisy Ridley. The point being was that we haven't really seen Daisy Ridley much in outside of Star Wars. So like, you know that that's also going to be the interesting part about it. But um, yeah, no, I mean that that. There are a lot of actresses, but if you're talking about box office, then yeah, she would be someone that you look to. Um, but I mean, in terms of the Spider Gwen Jessica Drew thing, I mean, I don't really feel strongly one way or the other. Um, again, box office, I think you go Spider Gwen. Um, but if you want to go with a character that people haven't aren't maybe as familiar with uh, in the modern era of the, the comic book movies being the, the the primary source of people's comic book knowledge uh, and, co- and cartoons, then yeah, yeah I mean they're making I mean they're making a Morbius movie. I mean yeah, yeah, I mean that's not about Morbius. It's not some box office smash. Yeah, that's some automatic box office smash. Yeah, so I mean I mean they're making movies on well, which that... they're gonna they're gonna find out real quick <laughs> when they get that you know ten million. <laughs> for the weekend for Morbius. Oh man, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. You know, if they're worried about their money, I, I would definitely, I'd probably advise them. Look, I think Spider Gwen's a safe option if you want to make a good, a good uh, opening weekend. Are people asking for a Spider Gwen? But yeah, I mean, look, that's want? my that was my thing. I, neither one really excites me uh, a whole lot. Neither one am I like I'm gonna be there like you know first weekend. But I have to. I gotta hear more about the story. I gotta hear more about how they're gonna tie this into the spider, to the Spider-Man universe. Is it gonna be tied into Spider-Man yeah. universe at all? How's it gonna fit into the MCU if it is in the MCU? Well, that's what's interesting about Spider-Woman. I think this may be the last thing on this because that's a great point. I think that we talked about the whole what whether it's in the MCU or not, and us not being sure. I'll say this: I think it needs to be. I think that Sony needs to try to cut a deal with Marvel to make this part of the MCU. Because like I said before, if you guys know anything about Spider-Woman, she's not very connected to the Spider-Man universe, so to speak. You know, like the the characters that are involved with Spider-Man, she's not really a part of. She does a lot of, she fights Hydra, she fights Morgan Le Fay. Like, she is well beyond kind of like the typical Spider-Man New York City environment. She's almost like a spy. And she's, She's been an agent of S.W.O.R.D. Like, she is very, very, which is why I really like Jessica Drew. I mean, she's so just, like, engulfed in, like, the Marvel universe that, to me, if there's any kind of detraction for this movie outside of me not wanting Spider-Gwen, it would be, you know, will they have to manufacture kind of a connection, a deeper connection to Spider-Man and to the Spider-Man universe to make this movie work if you're only working in the Sony sandbox? You know, or does Sony cut a deal with Marvel to allow them to use some aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to make it work? I would think that if I was Kevin Feige, Spider Woman, I mean, I'm not giving up the farm for a Spider Woman inclusion in MCU, but I, I think that Spider Woman, especially if it's Daisy Ridley or someone of that ilk, that's someone that's useful. I would definitely be willing to talk, but 
I don't know what the likelihood of that is, considering again, it didn't seem like he had any say in in in, in picking Olivia Wilde to be the director. Though I don't know. It, again, it's just just from what was reported, it didn't seem like they had any say in that. This is all Sony doing their own thing, and we know again, Sony's trying to make a lot of money. So are they in a position where they want to share Spider Woman profits? I don't know if they are. You know, Spider Man profits are a lot bigger. So sharing that piece of the pie may make more sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense from a business standpoint to share Spider-Woman, considering they've shown with Venom that they could do their own thing. But I, I, I feel like um, I feel like getting into the MCU is important, I think, for this character, because I don't think it makes sense to have Spider, you know, to have Jessica Drew fighting Norman Osborn. Um, it could work. Well, Norman Os- I'll take Norman Osborn out, because he's also... You know, he can be very versatile. I don't think it makes sense to have her fighting, like, the Hobgoblin <laughs> or fighting Doc Ock, you know? Like, right. that doesn't really make any sense. So, if those are the only characters you've got, I think you've got to try to be creative. And I maybe it's, you know, just saying, hey, we'll give you this character if you give us someone from the Marvel Universe that you guys have under your wing. You know, I don't know what it would be, but I do think they had to be a little creative with that. EJ, I know you you like uh, you like this uh, nugget. So uh, Olivia Wilde is repped by a creative arts agency, better known uh, as CAA. CAA. Um, obviously, CAA is uh, running the Knicks right now, so maybe she's a candidate for a GM. With Scott Perry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, well, we know CAA's. Look, man, maybe we'll have a Spider Woman, you know, night at the Garden. I'll I'll be all for it. I'll you know. Whenever games are back, you know, maybe I'll I'll pay my two hundred dollar ticket to sit in the nosebleeds, <laughs> seeing this get beat by fifteen. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I am excited because you guys know I really like Jessica Drew. You guys have known that for a long time. So when I whenever there's been talk about Jessica Drew sh- movie, I've always been like, yeah, do it. Like I think it could be really good, and um, I'm happy they are. I just. Well, I'm happy it's Spider-Woman. I'm hoping it's Jessica Drew. It sounds like it will be. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But this is uh, it was news. I did not expect this to come down like this. But I, I, I think this was actually smart for Sony slash Marvel to do this, considering DC right now is kind of dominating the headlines with everything with fandom and them kind of being in, uh, in like a no man's land because they can't drop any content because of the pandemic, which we'll get to, I guess, in, the, in you know, later on in the show. Um, it's put them in an interesting position, so I, I think Sony did a good job here, having a some news of note that could grab some headlines and putting someone like Wild, who's a superstar in Hollywood, as leading the project from a behind the camera role. I think also is is all savvy. It's all savvy. It all makes sense. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. So. Speaking of DC fandom, obviously, you know, if you didn't check out our video, we had a full video on the DC, uh, on our, excuse not the DC Universe app, but on the YouTube, uh, on YouTube, our YouTube channel, New Generation Media, where we spoke about the new uh, convention, the virtual convention that will be happening this weekend. So if you guys haven't seen our full preview of all the speakers and all the panels that uh, are expected, uh, be sure to check that out on our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. We're talking about fandom today because obviously we're a couple days away from it kicking off on Saturday, and we've already got a massive change to uh, the schedule of this pan- of this panel or this of this virtual convention. So this was supposed to be a twenty four hour convention, pretty much, where they show repeats after eight o'clock or so, where they would not only you know 
have panels on the movies, but also they'd have panels on comic books, TV shows, and video games. They dropped the schedule for Fandom last week, and it was overwhelming. I mean, you guys probably saw a million emails I sent you guys for just like giving us like schedules for like the uh, um, in your in our calendars for like each panel, but it was a lot. It was a lot because I, I guess the way I envisioned it when they said twenty four hours, I thought that they would cross, they would span it over two days, but that was not the case. They basically all crammed everything into an eight hour window, as I said before. It was like you started at noon, and everything was put in to you know eight hours. So that included yeah, all the movies, all the TV it was shows. Like, like one thirty to like eight, one thirty to like nine. It's like yeah. Geez. Yeah, it was a lot. And it was like, I don't, how is anyone going to be able to absorb this? Like, they, like you would have to literally make decisions of, am I going to watch The Flash CW or am I going to watch this Wonder Woman panel? Like, those, they were forcing you to make those kind of decisions, which did not make any sense. So, of course, when things don't make sense, changes are happening. So, they now announced DC today that Fandom will now be a separate, a, a multi-event. So, this is not going to be just a one-off. So we're going to have Fandom on Saturday, which will include everything that was in what they listed as the DC Hall of Heroes. So that included movies and video games. And the stuff that was in the other section, which I don't even remember what the other section was called. Um, I think Inside yeah, of Earth, maybe, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, that part was TV and some other miscellaneous things. So that TV and miscellaneous things, that's going to be, they're going to go back to debuting all that stuff in September. I think uh, I think September twenty second was the day I, the date I saw. Um, it was sometime in September, uh, September twelfth. There you go, found it. Um, September twelfth. So this weekend they're gonna stick only to just movies and video games, which I think makes total sense, guys, because we're in a position where we're not gonna have anything on television for a long time. <laughs> so you know, we just finished Doom Patrol and Star Girl, so we don't we don't got anything from those shows, even though they did have panels. And, you know, I saw uh, I saw today Grant Gustin posting about how he's getting ready to uh, to start shooting the flash soon. He was working out because he's now going to be, I guess, going to shoot in a couple of weeks or a month or so. So, I mean, I'm sure they you know they I mean, all those shows on CW have you know four episodes of footage or in theory, four episodes of of story idea that they could have shared, obviously. But. It probably made more sense to just hold it until you actually shoot something to show, which it now appears that that's going to be what's going to happen. And the movie stuff and the video game stuff, which we know in, to some degree is a little further along, um, at least in, in, in showing us footage and having concrete story stuff. And the video game, obviously, that, that really wasn't affected as much by the pandemic. All that stuff will debut this Saturday. So, Sham, what do you make of the schedule change? Do you think this is a better fit? I think it is, but uh, what are your thoughts? Um, so, when I heard about the 24-hour event, I they had only mentioned one day, so I just thought, okay, so it's all going to be one day. <laughs> um, and I was for the most part, I was cool with that. You know, so I didn't really have an issue with it. Um, now, are they going to make these these panels available? I mean, I know they keep hyping up how it's a one-time event, and so blah, the way blah, blah. I just saw another commercial for it while I was watching. Um, the playoffs, which I was like, wow, DC Phantom got a playoff commercial spot. Yeah, that's no. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um, the way they, the way, the way they have been marketing it is, 
and DC, they're all in the same bubble. <laughs> the, the way they've been marketing it is it's available for 24 hours. So I think what that basically means is your access to these panels will be up for 24 hours. If that makes sense. <clears throat> so I think that they'll, you know, the panels will air as they're supposed to. And and then they, they have their re-air later on in the night, I guess. Well, I don't know. what The, the schedule may change now. Maybe they don't need to do re-airs anymore. But, but I think you'll be able to watch those panels in their full totality, officially, quote-unquote, for 24 hours. And they'll take down, I guess, whatever they have up. Obviously, well, it's we'll the internet. It's obvious. It's the internet. All that stuff's going to be on the internet. That's, so I don't think it's that yeah, big a deal. It's going to live on regardless. Uh, at least all the good stuff. Anything yeah. they care about. Yeah, yeah. even they got to do something weird. To, they'll, they'll reverse the video to make it a parody for it to work on YouTube. You know, they'll do whatever they got to do for us to keep that for the next yeah. forever. Twitter. Right. So, but but my understanding is that's what they're pitching it as. And look, if it's, Warner Brothers it'll is be available smart, for 24 they'll hours. They'll release this stuff. Like regardless, like they'll release it on their their YouTube account, their social. Yeah, because why would they not want the buzz? Yeah, why would they not want the buzz? Making sense. Or just not like, want like the constant like views and streams. Yeah, it's like if you're releasing a Batman trailer. Like, why would you put it on your yeah, yeah, hide it? Only available for twenty four hours. I have thought about this fandom like system of like like hosting their own thing. Like, it feels like a way in which they just want to get my data. Which I'm like, all right. You know why? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's true because I, I did have to. I did have to when I when I was setting my calendar. I mean, I had to give them my email address, and I kind of yeah, yeah. You got yeah. to give them your email and stuff. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of, you know, I hesitated to be yeah. honest. Same for DC Universe. They have every day. Have everything. <laughs> yeah, there you got me. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's like if, if it's a free Max. event, why do I have to make an account for? <laughs> it's just very odd. But regardless, yeah. <laughs> um, it is going to be interesting how that how it plays itself out. I agree that the. The system uh, of having the, these on two different days makes sense. My question would be, though, what do you think the the motivating factor is? Because you mentioned, EJ, obviously, the the obvious overlap. And, you know, there being a, you know, maybe it being difficult for consumers to follow all this stuff. Now, do you think that they got feedback from people? Did they sense feedback? I re- hadn't really heard too many people complaining about it. But I don't know. I didn't really have the pulse, you know. So I don't know if that's something that people really were talking about. Something that we were talking about. But um, I don't know if they sense that and say, you know, we got to just make two yeah. because everybody's talking about this. Or is it something where they realized, yeah, this isn't viable for us because, as Shawari knows with Comic Con, like they were just releasing the videos um, on YouTube and yeah. they were releasing the panels on YouTube, and I don't, I don't think. Fandom's gonna be done through YouTube, but like that's something. No, where it's, it's not supposed to be apparently. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, they may have a they may have a, a situation where like the server or whatever can't host multiple panels at once. They're like, yeah, maybe we should only do one at a time. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't think about the whole server thing. I mean, at the very end there, that's something I didn't think about. Maybe that's something they considered. I, I think it's something a little more involved with editorial and creative. I think that. My, if I had to say one theory of why this is happening, I think that they were lining up all the stuff they're going to drop on Saturday. I think they probably realized the heat that we got coming with the movies is going to so overshadow anything yeah. that's going to be done with these shows. Like, what's the point? 
it's not even worth it yeah like why why are we forcing people to make decisions why are we pushing this out when if we give them a month they may have more to show us so many yeah we're gonna bury the flash bury batwoman bury yeah why why would we do that if we not like like, and you know and i think that's why like you know those shows were kind of put on the kitty table of the panel listings like it was very clear wonder woman like what yeah, like they were there with like you know the random panel with Damon Lindelof, where it's like okay, that's cool, but like, like to me, like the Flash shouldn't be with a random panel with Damon Lindelof. Like they should be on the, one of the biggest stages. So the fact that they were that like these shows were kind of set up as a kitty table kind of thing, they probably it didn't make sense from a marketing standpoint for them. Like they want as much money as possible. They want to promote everything as big as possible, even though we know the TV is secondary in terms of their priority. Because we know the character they allow to be on TV and who's not allowed. But you don't want it to be that obvious. And especially, I think, that when you have these creators probably saying, like, I mean, we don't got much to show. We didn't shoot anything. We all stopped production and we were just getting started in a couple of weeks. And, you know, they probably decided, well, what's the point? Like, let's just put it all in. We got enough heat for for to do, uh, to have all the movies because I think they do. Like, I think they do have. I, I think they're, I think Saturday is going to be momentous. I think it's going to be huge. So uh, I, I think they they're like, why are we forcing our shows? Which some of them may actually have some decent stuff to show, but it's going to get buried. And some of them that they don't really have anything, we're just putting them out there because it's a DC event. Why don't we just give them some more time to put something together? Yeah, I also wonder if they if any of this has has to do with the cuts that they made and like maybe there's some situation where. Mm. Um, that too. They have some stuff. They have some stuff they want to roll out. You know, they maybe they want to move some of those to HBO Max. But like, I actually thought like, it was weird that they made the cuts when they, when they made it. September. Yeah, yeah, Sharon. I mean, I thought it was actually weird that, that they made the cuts when they made it because I assumed that some of those people would have been working on this show, this event. Now maybe they are. Maybe that's like you know you're you're on until you know two weeks or whatever, but. When I heard that they were doing this cuts, and then I heard fandom was happening, I was just like, "Wouldn't you need some of those people to at least get through fandom?" I, so I don't know if maybe, like, is it a, is it is it administrative? Because they have said, "Yo, we don't have the bodies to be like supporting twenty panels or however many panels they were supposed to have." That's very possible. They cut a lot of people. Yeah, so I, I, that that was one thing I thought about too when I saw this. Is you know, could this be a thing with uh, with the administrative being an issue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's very possible. Um, I initially had thought that it was just a matter of, um, like you were saying, that maybe it's just, all right, I mean, do we have to have all this stuff in one day? Right, too much stuff. Does that really make sense? Like, should we maybe move some of the other stuff, maybe the stuff that's being overshadowed by other panels, maybe just have a separate day for that stuff? Um, and they have enough content. It's not that it's not like oh, well, we might as well just cram everything in one day. Like they have enough content to have it be multiple days. Now, yeah. I think I don't really. The only thing that I don't, I guess, I just really don't understand is the time gap. It's huge. Why not have it? I mean, next why? Week. Like, why is it like yeah, next week? To the next day? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I think part of it may like, be because some of these shows want to shoot something to show. That's part of my theory. Like, I'm trying to think of what are some of the reasons why they did this gap. I think part of it is that they want to be able to uh, 
to, to, to have something to show. I think a lot of these TV shows, you know, I don't know how I don't know how these shows are going to approach these new seasons, the CW stuff. I, I literally have no idea. But I would assume some of the stuff that they shot for some of these shows, particularly Batwoman, is just like in the in the garbage disposal. Like you just there's nothing there. So I think for some of these people, it's let's shoot something to show that we have something to show. And not be like just like a joke to have, you know, when someone's like, man, I, I wasted my time on that Batwoman panel. I should have just watched, you know, Black Adam. Like, <laughs> like they, I don't think they wanted to put anybody in that position. Though it is fascinating to me because on the flip side, I mean, Cameron Johnson, who was the worst on the TV show, one of the main people like, yo, you, I got to see this, you know. Now, maybe he was saying that because he saw, he saw what the Batman looked like. And he's like, oh, snap. Yeah, I want to watch it. Maybe he wasn't talking about his show. I don't know. But. Like, you know, that was that's something I think that, that needs to be considered is uh, in terms of why they would have this time gap. Again, I, I, it, it's interesting to me that Grant Gustin posts today that he's doing, he's about to shoot the flash soon, and that the, all the TV panels got pushed back a month. Like, that to me, also, no not more, uh, No more secret panels as well, which is interesting. I don't know if that's a, a clue as to what those could be or what that could be, but... Um, that was taken off. The, apparently, that was taken off the calendar as well. So, and anybody hoped to, to see uh, Henry Cavill, uh, Henry Cavill, Man of Steel two, you have to wait. Uh, if you hope to see uh, budget cuts, yeah, all right. Um, so so it, it might be, it might be budget cuts, man. Like that, that really could be what it is. But you know, I mean, it's still, it's still gonna be a big event. You know, I still. Um, I'm still thrilled about, you know, what we could possibly see on Saturday. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be momentous. You know, part of me, you know, looks at this and does feel like this does feel a little amateur hour-ish. You know, I don't want to kill DC for this because they're still putting on an amazing what I think will be an amazing show for the fans. Yeah, it's a weird way to market a thing where you come out with a big list of like thousands yeah. of names. I mean, you put out uh, a schedule. Like, you literally, you literally put out a like schedule. A week later, yeah, a week later, a week later, after you put all those names out, half of them, probably not, probably more than half of them, aren't even going to be there. You that's know, it's kind part, of that's why I'm, I'm. That's why part of me really keeps looking back into the administrative side of this. Like perhaps like they had the manpower to do it before, and now they don't. But I, don't, I, you know, I, who knows? I, but you're right. Like that looks bad. It look, it looks, it looks like no, something that's, it looks like something that could have been avoidable. Game, we're still gonna get the Batman, but like you said, from a from anybody that you know runs a business, you're like, wow, that's not how you. Yeah, you never. Out. This is not how you want to roll out anything. Yeah, especially <laughs> something that's supposed to be such a massive event. It's, it's just weird. It, it's just weird, you know, and and so yeah, I, I'm I'm not here to crush DC on this because I'm ex- I'm just happy they're doing it. It's, it's, I think this is great for the fans. We didn't have Comic Con. The Comic Con we had was cool and it was a great effort, but obviously wasn't the San Diego Comic Con we're used to having. So them doing this, you know, is great. Now it is again, you know, propaganda. It is you know a marketing campaign. Uh, so you know. There is that side of it where you don't want to give them so much shine, but still, I I don't want to crush them. But I, you know, I I didn't understand why the rollout 
got so complex and crazy today. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that happened. Especially so close to the event. You know, we're only three days away, and they're canning half of the schedule. Like that's just like not not ideal to say the least. Um, but staying on DC, I want to talk about uh, DC Universe because we talked about how there was all these layoffs, and that um, that you know DC had cut a lot of people, and they're essentially making Jim Lee run everything now, which is you know. In one sense, like it's you know, this is probably cool for him, but like in another sense, it's like wow, he's just like being just thrown. Hey, just do everything, man. <laughs> like, uh, you know, he was only you know for this comic books. Now he's doing, you know, video content, HBO Max. It's like he's just like not all over the place. Uh, yeah, he did a long expanded interview with Hollywood Reporter with Boris Kitt, and first of all, I was happy he did it, and I like that they did it as like a like a Q&A, you know, because I think sometimes when you have non-Q&As, like I think sometimes how things are written, depending on the writer, could be misleading and could be whatever. So I think this was very like it need to be this way. It need to be just like I need to know what your question was and how we answered it. I don't want you to kind of like weave it however you want to weave it to make it sound however you want to sound it. And, you know, as I said, this is Boris K, right? Boris Fritz is one of the best. So I'm not saying he would do that, but another person, maybe they would. Or even if it's unintentional, I, I prefer it to be this way. So I think this was the right formatting. But of the main questions he, they had, uh, one of them was, "What's going to happen with the DC Universe content?" And he was very upfront. He said that all that stuff is going to HBO Max, and that this is pretty much um, the end of DC Universe from that standpoint of making original content. Now, obviously, we had a bunch of um, we had, we had a bunch of layoffs. We've had a bunch of shows being moved already. But now um, he was pretty clear about what the situation is now. When they asked what is going to happen in DC Universe, he said, the original content that is on DCU is migrating to HBO Max. Truthfully, that's the best platform for that content. The amount of content you get, not just DC, but generally for uh, Warner Media is huge and it's the best value proposition. If I'm allowed to use that marketing term, we feel that is... Uh, the place for that. In regards to the community and experience that DC you created and all the back blacklist uh, backlist content, something like uh, twenty thousand to twenty five thousand different titles and the way it connected with fans twenty four seven. There is always going to be a need for that, so we're excited to transition, transform it, and we'll have more news on what that will look like. It's definitely not going away. So shows are gone. DC Universe. As an idea, I guess, is still being floated around. Sham, you know, you were, you know, a big supporter of this platform. You know, of the, in our family, you're the one with the subscriptions. You're the one actually paying the money for it. Um, we all have different subscriptions. This is the one that you're on. And uh, what do you make now of this news? You're also on HBO Max, too. So this is kind of, I guess, a weird thing for you. It's like, so what do you make of the news that no more original content for DC Universe I mean, I feel like this is something that was inevitable anyway. I feel like the the times table may have just been accelerated with the whole COVID and layoffs and right. consolidating and all that. So, I mean, you know, sad to see it go, but it, it, I'm glad it seems at least that like they're receptive to the fans of the app because people are very active on it. The, the, the community is active. 
they have their whole community forums and people are active and posting questions and and polls and in having having discussions about the different characters and uh it's a whole community so it is uh you know it's unfortunate uh to see it go but hopefully they can transition everything over to uh to hbo max so hopefully they can move all the comics over maybe they can move the the specials over um because the dc portion of hbo max is a little bit bare in some ways when compared to DC Universe. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they can just transition everything over to that section. That's that's the hope. Um, I, I really don't know how much, how much faith to put in, in Mr. Lee in terms of having him succeed in doing that or, or really make any effort to do that because these executive CEO types are, are always going to be giving lip service to wanting to uh, wanting to make the fans happy and please all the fans when they know they can't do that realistically. So we'll see if it happens. But but yeah, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. I just hope all the content transfers over. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, not surprising. Something we expected for a while. Uh, I think DC Universe. I mean, it was running out of things to to to. They're running out of things to even like promote, um, so it's gonna be hard for that to, to stay uh, uh, viable. Um, I think whether or not they transform it into something different, in some sort of digital comics platform, I think it's still very possible. But as of right now, I mean, obviously this is the end. And look, I mean, if they move everything from in terms of the content from DC Universe HBO Max in terms of uh, movies and television, um, that will be fine. Because um, again, I, I agree that I think HBO Max still has another gear that it needs uh, uh, from the DC side. So uh, yeah, overall, I think that this is—I um, can't really say it's good or bad news. It's kind of just—it's—it's just news because <laughs> all the things are just moving. You know, it's all the same right. problem. So um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, as you guys have said, echo the same sentiments. You know, this was coming. You know, as you said, Kendall, they really didn't have much to promote. Titans was the only show that hadn't been officially marketed for HBO Max, but even that also kind of felt like and 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 I can't talk an inevitable move. Uh, whenever that would have happened, um, I guess that before, man. Like I said last week, yo, it's just I just, I'm just sad that this has come to this. As I said before, I'm not gonna repeat everything I said, but. To me, DC Universe was a really, really great idea. And I think for the most part, it was a really, really good streaming app. Um, I just think they made a couple of fatal flaws. And I think that's what sucks about it. Because you see Lee talk about the community. Because, Jamar, you made a great point. Like, I don't think that's yet. Maybe it's not as many people as they would have wanted using the app regularly or whatever. But... They had a solid, solid base of support with that app, a community that lived and died with that app. That's very hard to build. I mean, you know, we're not doing streaming or anything like anything that DC trying to do. But whenever you're doing any kind of business building where you're you're trying to have some kind of engagement with anyone, uh, building community is maybe the most important thing. Um. And it's also maybe the hardest thing to do, 
it's, it's, it's like, it's really, that's why it's very hard to run a business, you know? And especially businesses that that need engagement or that involve engage, engagement. So that's why it's frustrating because it's like, wow, you guys definitely had the goods to make this work because you were able to build a community. You just, the way you did it, you weren't able to grow the community in a way that would have made this sustainable. And it was just a few errors that went one way or one thing goes this way and it's different. Like, yeah, if this, if this app starts with Doom Patrol instead of Titans, I think this is a very different conversation we're having today. But it started with that stupid trailer and that was it. It was Its fate was sealed and now we're here we are. In terms of the future, I don't know. I mean, here's what I'll say. I, I, I agree with uh, you guys in that they gotta just put the library on HBO Max. I will be very disappointed if I can't, on a whim, pull up Justice League Unlimited or pull up um, Static know, Shock, Static Shock, or you know, like, Batman, Batman the anime series or Batman Beyond. On, like not on. If there's one thing that's on DC Universe that doesn't move to DC to HBO Max, that's like a movie or a television series or a cartoon or something of some sort. I'm gonna be upset. I'm, I'm yeah, upset. because. Because to me, especially during a pandemic, and I I think even whenever I guess the worst of this is over, I mean, I'm sure I don't think people are going to be just running out to be out in the streets every day and every night. Like, I think that people will still be way more reserved and way more cautious about the time they're spending with a lot of people. Like, I mean, DC Universe has helped me a lot get through these months. Like, I've used it probably more than maybe I I have maybe since maybe the beginning of the app. I've used it throughout. But... Yeah, I've watched, I've gone a couple hours watching Justice League episodes, or I've gone an hour or two watching just, you know, Batman the Animated Series, or watching a few Superman episodes, like in late nights when I had nothing to do. Like, you have nothing else to do, you know? (laughs) If you've been home all day and you're like, I gotta think of something different and shake it up, that's been a great resource. So, you know, if, you know, I love the fact that, you know, Where the Batman is on HBO Max. Um, and they have they they actually have a, a decent catalog of DC stuff. Like when I looked at, it, I was like, oh, they got some stuff I didn't even realize they had in terms of like some animated movies and stuff. But you know, DC Universe obviously has like the you know kind of like the the treasure trove of almost everything you would really need or want. And I just hope that they they just move it all onto there. I don't want them to be skimming for any reason because HBO Max needs it first of all because that's a whole another conversation. I mean, HBO Max. Made the, fir- the also a fatal flaw of opening an app without having anything to show us other than old stuff, and that's not hurting their bottom line, and that's hurt their rollout, and they're kind of now in a scramble mode. Or like, what do we do? And um, to me, the very least you can do is just make your library as expansive as possible. So if you're gonna make me purely just stay on HBO Max for all the content, at the very least. Just put everything that was on DC Universe on there. Because you guys are already struggling anyway. So, um, that's my take on it. I know Jim Lee also said, one of the good news is he said that, you know, comic books he says are here to stay. And, um, you know, there were questions. I had questions about the future of comic books. I know you guys had been less wary of it. But he says that, you know, comic books is the, quote, the cornerstone of everything that we do. Um, that they will be reducing their publishing, but it's, they're, there's no way they're trying to eliminate it. And that the rumor is that this, uh, that AT&T is not into comics or, and wants to get out of comics business. Uh, 
he says that he does not think that they want to stop uh, from publishing comics in terms of DC publishing comics. So that was, I guess, some good news in this interview. A shout out to Jim Lee for doing this, though, because I will say, like, and I don't know, maybe his boss told him, hey, go out there and <laughs> make this look a little better than it looks right now in terms of all the layoffs and stuff. But because a lot of a lot of executives could have absolutely just like hit under a rock and never showed up until you know the dust settled, and he kind of stepped right into I don't say the line of fire because you know Boris, great reporter, but I don't think he's gonna he's not gonna be beating you over the head with <laughs> really very t- really tough questions, um, you know. But he he did have to come out and and face to face with a reporter and answer some tough questions about the layoffs and what the future is, and he got. Had to reiterate what the deal is with comic books. And he had to be honest about DC Universe finally. And we've been kind of gaslit, I think, by Warner Brothers about DC Universe's future. It was good to at least hear finally what we all knew. It just sucks that it happened and it sucks that it's this long for us to get there. Um, Let's get to uh, the last story for today, guys. So, um, we didn't get to talk about it. And it was kind of an error, I guess, on me and Kendall's part last week. But... Well, some massive news that happened, not really superhero per se, but in Hollywood was Mulan is now going to be a Disney Plus exclusive. So Mulan, the live action Mulan was supposed to be a movie coming out in theaters. It was expected to be one of the biggest, uh, potentially the biggest box office successes of the summer. Summer, summer movie season was essentially canceled, so we haven't really had any movies of the summer. And we've kind of had this ongoing conversation of when are we going to see any movies make the plunge and go straight to um, VOD, uh, on-demand kind of content. And there's been a lot of pushback, a lot of reservations, a lot of questions about lawsuits potentially and issues with the theaters. Here, though, we had our first truly major, um, major motion picture be pulled from theaters and put onto some kind of streaming app. And it's very interesting that it's Disney because, of course, Disney owns Marvel and one of the biggest, one of the other biggest box office successes we were expected to see this summer was Black Widow, which, of course, uh, produced by Marvel. Marvel, of course, owned by Disney. That raises questions as to could Marvel be next? Now, what's interesting is when, uh, and this was a good job by uh, Jeremy Conrad, and pointing this out, but at some point, when you went on the Movies Anywhere platform, even though there's no artwork of the movie, Black Widow is listed. Now, again, that would be a, you know, a, a streaming service. It doesn't have a release date any, or anything like that, but um, but Black Widow is appears on this VOG service. And that's raised questions about whether or not it would happen. I know Kendall talked about, you know, before we did the show, um, on Murphy's uh, multiverse or whatever, uh, you know, the, a fan, when they, they kind of were talking to uh, D- Disney Plus, kind of in a customer service way, asking if there would be more movies like Mulan that have not been seen yet coming to the streaming service. And the person that they were talking to said yes. Um we don't know if they meant that, you know, more movies that would be that we've already seen before being acquired or making debuts. Or did they mean, you know, movies that are set to come out on theaters coming to uh, co- coming to the app? We don't know. So but this kind of Kendall, I guess, raises the questions again about 
was the possibility that Black Widow does indeed come to uh, VOD in some capacity. I know that the Mulan, uh, the Mulan announcement first came with fanfare, then came with a lot of a lot of backlash because of the price. I believe thirty nine ninety nine was the, was the, was the price. I want to say twenty nine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Yes. A lot of people weren't feeling that. Um, a lot of people thought that that was too much. Uh, what do you make of that? And what do you make so, of the possibility of uh, Black Widow? Is it more possible, you think, now that Mulan's made the jump? So I'll start off uh, quoting a, uh, uh, a former uh, despot who said, uh, they called me a madman because uh, back <laughs> in the day, you know, early in the pandemic, um, you know, it feels like ages ago in March, April, I was very much like, look, Black Widow, put it on Disney Plus, make it a price. I don't, I don't remember any prices that I threw out there. I'm sure thirty bucks was probably around the range. And look, at the time, a lot of people didn't want that to be the case. A lot of people were like, look, they can't make money like that, or um, either that, or just I want to see Black Widow in theaters. Hold it as long as possible. And there's. There is still a smaller segment of people that are like that, but 87% of people have said that they are fine. Very specific number. Is that, is, that from a, is that from a poll or is that, did you just this pull out 87? Oh, wow. Okay. 87% of people said that they would, I think, prefer, it's not prefer than be fine with seeing Black Widow at home. That's a lot of people. So once that number comes out, and I, look, I guarantee you, you do that poll in April, you do that poll in March, those people, that number is way lower. It's probably 30%. You know, while, yes, people were worried at the time, people didn't think that, you know, we wouldn't see movies till January. You know? <laughs> that seemed like right. worst-case scenario. Um, but we're there now. And, you know, look, Disney, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that they waited so long. I guess they had to because if you jumped the gun and you're wrong, then, you know, you've cost yourself, you know, millions upon millions. But, Look, I think, you know, the people that thought that this model and continue to think that this model can't work. Again, I mentioned it the last time we talked about this. Um, this isn't something that is foreign to Disney because as we've seen with ESPN Plus, their deal with the UFC, you can have ESPN Plus, but that doesn't guarantee that you get every UFC pay-per-view. I know that that, that right. annoyed Egypt. <laughs> oh yeah, Very, I thought when I had the ESPN down there, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have to watch, you know, Daniel Cormier and John Jones and Pacquiao, and and then I was like, what do they mean? I gotta pay sixty dollars. I'm paying y'all twenty a month every week. What are you talking about? So that's the uh, so it's not it's not something that's super uncommon. Now I think with Mulan, Mulan is definitely an interesting movie to roll this out with because it feels like kind of a a half measure. Because I feel like if you're going to roll this out, you got to roll this out with a heavy hitter. And I just don't know if Mulan is that. You don't think Mulan's a heavy hitter? I, not in the U.S. Not this Mulan. Because we, like we've seen, we've heard a lot of the the talk from, you know, the people out there is, look, I like Mulan, but I ain't paying $30 for a Mulan movie that's not a musical. And there's no Mushu. So a lot of people are like, look, I'll wait for that. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's the way people are. Um, I don't think that 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 smoke or that that uh, energy rather is would be the same for Black Widow. So, 
regardless of what the numbers are for Mulan, unless the numbers for Mulan are awful, unless like no one buys it. Well, I don't think that would be the case. I think people want to see a new movie if word of mouth is good enough to, oh, this is a good movie. I think people would buy it. But I buy it. Yeah, exactly. If it's a good movie. You know, especially if you want to get Black Widow, you might as well buy it. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't know who's gonna do it. I plan on watching Mulan when it comes out. Right. Um, we as we gotta figure out the money situation. Who but I, I plan on watching it. So it so like of course, like I think I think some people would buy it, but so, like, unless the numbers are awful, then hopefully they just go and push Black Widow in. Because imagine Black Widow in the same environment. So $30? That's, people are yeah. looking at that and it's a lot of money. you got to do the math. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's probably a, it, it's, it's a bargain for a lot of people. For a lot of households, 30 bucks to see Black Widow. You know, for us, we all go, that's, that's a, a $60, $75 ticket. Now it's now that's that's down to thirty. That's a that's a bargain. So, um, I you know again, it's unfortunate for the people that are that that you know are going by themselves or you know what are only right. going to watch it for themselves. Yeah. But I think it's still a kind of a premium that you get to see Black Widow. Uh, as opposed to having to wait. Home. Yeah, um, yeah. And and it, it you own it like it's not this isn't a rent situation. So, but that's that what, was but I think that was part of the issue. Cause I think. I think at first they were trying to say you were going to rent it, or at least they were being kind of vague. Yeah, they were, they were very vague about and it. And then, and then, like once they started getting back, they're like, "Oh no, no, y'all own it, y'all own it." <laughs> like they definitely, I like, I don't want to give them too much credit there. I th- I feel like in the beginning they definitely were kind of like, "You get access." It's like, what what does that mean? <laughs> like, you know, and people were like, "Oh, they that's their way of saying that you rent it." And then, and then they had to come out days later and be like, "Oh no, 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 you you own it." And now every time you see any promo for it, they don't list the price because of how the backlash came with it. Yeah, I know, right? So, and that's that's what's interesting about it. And the last thing I'll say is that a source, because Bob Chapik, when he came out and said, first of all, the the Charles Murphy thing that they did, going with the Disney Plus people and asking them, is brilliant. It's genius, and mm-hmm. caught them in a in what in a very precarious bind. Hopefully that that customer service rep didn't lose their job but because they're, they're uh contradicting what the ceo said because yeah. bob Chapik uh said during this investors call when they announced this mulan thing he was like this is a one-time deal made that very clear we don't plan on doing this with other movies um a source a disney plus source came out after that and said well with all the work we put into this to make this premiere access feature a thing it better not be a one-time situation. <laughs> obviously, right. you know that took some real IT work, some real hardware yeah. into the thing. You don't you don't make a whole new feature in an app like Disney Plus only to use it once and then just to forget about it. This is something that they clearly plan on doing with future movies. What's mm-hmm. the next movie for them to drop outside of Mulan? It's Black Widow. Black Widow should have been out a while ago. They yeah. also have Jungle Cruise, another one that they want to come out that they'd like for for it to come out soon. That may be another one that comes out in the fall winter time. So I I look, I think they kinda we as we've said multiple times, they've missed their mark on Black Widow already, but they can still salvage it by releasing it uh sometime before November, October. And I think that that's still a possibility. Yeah, I mean I, I think it's still a possibility as well. Um I mean I certainly hope so. I mean I'm sure we all do. I'm sure everybody's listening does. <laughs> Um, as far as the, uh, the, the supposed leak, 
of the person that said, oh, yeah, that's something that's coming down the pipe, or, or the person that was asked, can we expect more? And they said, yes, you can expect more. I mean, part of me is also wondering, I mean, I can't help but wonder, I mean, are they, do you guys think they're developing movies? Well, I mean, they've already come out with a couple movies. Didn't Lady in the Tramp come out? So that's a good question. I I thought about that, too, because, you know, I want to give, you know, every benefit of the doubt, not just believe what I want to believe. So I thought about that, too. I thought, you know, is it possible they are, like, this person knows that they're they're making kind of original, like, you know, what the equivalent of, like, the Disney Channel movies were. Right. You know, like, that's that sounds very possible to me. Like, I could definitely see that. Yeah, now, I think, know, why would that person who, now, I think for that person who would answer that question with that in mind, I'm like, do you really think that that kind of movie is equivalent to Milan? That's what that person meant? Yeah, I know. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't. They're just, they're just lying to kind of, like, and sell the app to them. You know, you never yeah, know. I was going to say, and I was just about to say, <laughs> and knowing customer service, you want to give the customer, you want to tell the customer yes. <laughs> All right, of course. So if they're asking, eh, I get more movies. Technically, the answer is yes. We're working on that real soon. You definitely look into it. Oh boy, um, yeah. Nobody, please don't take hydroxychloroquine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, so you know, I, they they don't they don't they ain't gonna tell them that that they're gonna be getting Halloween Town Five. <laughs> you know, you're getting more movies, but they don't gotta say what it's gonna be. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, at the same time, so that's one thing that I'm that I am considering as a possibility in terms of that leak. Now, I do still think Black Widow. Um, I, I I'm starting to lean. The more this the more this lingers, the more I'm starting to lean towards this this movie just being released. Look, I mean, the, the schedule is getting pushed come to the dark side. The schedule is getting pushed back and <laughs> further back and further back and further back, and it's just it's never gonna come out. And we're never gonna see an Eternals trailer until they know when Black Widow's coming out. Yeah, so it's just, um, though wasn't there? A, I feel like there was a Shang Chi set photo or Shang Chi set photos that were Shang Chi set photos. Yeah, that they, yeah that they uh, that they were they they had they started uh, filming again or something and I forget where, but uh, but yeah, they got set photos now. So I don't know what what Disney situation is with getting you know, filming and release possibly releasing more trailers and. And all that, so I mean, I, we don't know what the time stable is, but the more this lingers, the more I tend to believe that Black Widow is just gonna be released on demand. So this is this is what happened. This is what this is what Charles Murphy said, uh, or whoever someone from multi uh, multiverse said um, to the Disney uh, Plus rep. They did it multiple times with different people, by the way, also. But they said uh, they were talking about it being you know expensive. They're like, this is a subscription. Uh, if it's just for a subscription, then this is a lot of money. I'd have to reconsider. And uh, the Disney Plus rep was like, I agree with you. It definitely is a lot of money. I'll, I'll consult with our uh, account specialist regarding the fee. You know, that, that's, that's how you press the, uh, the press person. Like, man, this, I, I'm not, not getting good service. I'm not getting a bang for my buck. <laughs> and they came back at saying, as per checking in our data, that the $29.99 is on top of your yearly subscription service and your premier access for now, we have Mulan. But when the time goes by, the premiere access will be more updated and more movies to watch. That was the first thing that they said. Um, and then another another person, uh, said another another second time, Murphy's people said, because I told a rep, I'm considering uh, on the bundle on the premiere access when, when it comes out, 
do you know? Do you happen to know if they'll continue to release more stuff for Premiere Access to see if it's worth it? And and the rep said, as of now, there is no announcement yet for the list of movies, but we guarantee you that Disney Plus will offer you more amazing movies. That's it's very vague. That's vague. That's more along the lines of that could be anything. Yeah, could yeah, be. that's a very vague answer because they didn't I, answer that. That we guarantee you there will be more on. The, ex- they, no, no, the exclusive access, whatever they're calling it, like he did right. said, more amazing movies. Because yeah. you would have said that while there's no announcements, there's gonna be stuff dropping. Then I'd be like, okay, yeah, now nah, it's happening. But and, like, and you know, because you're the only saying is that we haven't announced it yet. Like, there's no announcements, but yo, get ready. <laughs> like, that's not what he said. Or the person said they were just like, we don't, you don't know about the anything about the exclusive access, but more movies are coming out. It's like I know you're gonna have more movies, like. You don't have the whole catalog of Disney, like I mean, and, you don't, and another, you know that. And another thing that that stood out to me when it comes to the first person that they interacted with, I mean, they part of me is also like, how do they, like, how do they know that? Um, like, do are they just letting their their reps, their customer service reps, know all the all the secrets with regards to whether well, Black Widow is going to well, be on the, the app? Per, the person typing didn't know; they checked with somebody. Higher up, we don't know so, how high up they so went. So someone higher up is telling the <laughs> customer service reps, "Oh yeah, 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 well, yeah, more stuff's coming down." But, yeah, we didn't know. The, we didn't know the customer service rep had a direct line to Bob Iger. Right, of course, Bob Chapik. You know that, that was the person that they. <laughs> the Alan. So, yeah, no. So that so something's something's weird about this. Something's very a lot weird. Of smoke man. So, something's weird about so just some just some chat guy. <laughs> You know, just saying, oh yeah, don't worry. There's more. There's more stuff coming. Just releasing that I news. Mean, it sounds more. It sound. It sounds like it could just be this sales rep just trying to keep that person on the description by any means necessary. That's not trying to get not yeah, not trying to get a, a phone call from a customer. I know Shamari's dealt with those situations before. Oh, I, yeah. I did not like the service I got. Oh, what's yeah. your name? Absolutely. So, what's the number, guys? Percentage. Percentage chance. Black Widow comes out when it's supposed to come out it wasn't supposed to come out november october i don't remember yeah november uh, november on that release date what's the percentage that it comes out on disney plus uh 30 30 50 yeah as we saw with this mulan thing i mean mulan's coming out like next week so when you ask well, that's a good thing because i didn't get to really uh, they, go on they could put it out if they wanted to if they were yeah. going to pivot they could do it as quick as they want but I imagine they do the release date, but what were you saying? No, I was gonna say because I really didn't get to go on this. One of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, you said why Mulan? Like Mulan is does it make sense to be their first movie? I'm like, well, I would argue yes, but okay, let's say I'm wrong, and they don't even believe that. What if Mulan's a test trial? Like, what if they're looking at they want to put out a, a trial balloon and say? What is Mulan, a movie that had a lot of fanfare, but isn't the biggest heat we have coming this summer? Um, what what does that movie do if we put it on the streaming service? And what if that is indicative of whether or not they do something with Black Widow? Because to me, I don't think there's any way that they've ruled out putting Black Widow on a streaming service. I don't think there's any no, way they've no ruled way. it out. No way. So, Okay, well then, why? What's taking them so long? Because as you would say, Kendall, I agree they missed their window. So what are you waiting for? Why wouldn't you just do it if you're considering it? Well, you would need more data. You would need more info to know how successful that would be. How would you know that besides doing your regular sampling and surveying 
of people telling you what they would do, but you not actually knowing what they would do if it actually happened. Well, just do another movie and see what that does. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, Mulan isn't just some other movie at Disney. That was supposed to be a big, big release. You know, Disney, uh, they've invested a lot in these, like, animated remakes um, of, you no know, live-action remakes of animated movies. So it's not like, oh, you're just throwing out anything. Again, I think they're throwing out something huge, a huge piece of stake out to the fans. But, you know, we know, obviously, what Black Widow is probably going to do in the box office they may want to say, oh, man, we put this out, Mulan, that was supposed to be a big movie for us, and it did this in, you know, VOD, and we're not putting Black Widow on there. We'll just wait for whatever the box office looks like for uh, post-pandemic, but at least it'll be better than this. You know, I think that that's probably, that's, that makes more sense, that they're waiting for that. I can't see that they'd just be lying to us and being like, oh, we're never going to put it on there. Um, but they're just twiddling their thumbs. Like, I, you know, like, I don't know how much more info they would need. Like, they would have done all the groundwork needed to figure that stuff out. Otherwise, I don't think they'd be putting Mulan out. So I, I think that that's part of the situation. I think they want to see what the Mulan I mean, stuff yeah. is. Mulan they is saw, a... they saw, they saw, and then they, I said, I think they're already seeing, you're already seeing some of the adjustments. Like, okay, the price that people weren't crazy about. Let's tell them they're going to own it. <laughs> and let's kind of not promote the price ever again. Even though that's still the price. Like, I think they, yeah, they, like the all of this is kind of like they're moving as if this is all an experiment. Like everything they've every, every they, all everything they've done and how they've acted, they've acted as if this is you yeah, know which is why trial by error. Thing. Now that's it's tough because again, I think Mulan. I agree that it's it's a good it's a good test in terms of like you don't you don't you're not really wasting anything um, by putting Mulan on Disney Plus. I mean, they did it with Artemis Fowl, but that was like. I mean, no one's paying for that, so they just put it on Disney Plus in general. Um, but it's tough because, again, like, if people don't really show up for Mulan, I don't know if that would necessarily be indicative of people wouldn't show up for Black Widow. So that's why it's unfortunate. I mean, um, I think that I think that's that, not wrong. It's like you just have yeah. to take you just have to take a leap of faith. And I'm not saying that for sure that they would absolutely not do it if Black Widow didn't, if if Mulan didn't do well. But I think they just they they want to have that info. I think they want to have something to base it off of because this is unprecedented right now. So I don't think I think instead of flying blind with their most coveted movie, their most profitable prize property right now in terms of movies that are ready to be released, instead of risking that without no having any strong data at least now you have some data to make that decision and you know maybe you say okay this was bad but we think that the the power of black widow maybe we lower the price and we'll be better like there's again i think that a lot of this is very um they had a chance they, 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 they still it, have it's a, very they had a chance to truly truly change the game of movie making if they put mulan on disney plus next month but because that's a true, true blockbuster in every sense of the of the imagination. You mean black? You mean Black Widow? Black Widow. Right. And with Mulan, like Shmari said, it's kind of it feels like it's in the middle of like a blockbuster, but also like Lady in the Tramp. So you're like, all right, I can skip this one. I mean, it's an, it's a movie I've already seen before for a lot of people. It's a story I know. Like it's it's tough. Like it's not. You know, it's not a billion. I mean, you movie. say that, but I mean, we got. I mean, I, I think you're selling Mulan a little short because we got to consider this being a a Asian movie also in this thing. Like this is, I, well, I think. I, I mean, this is this is a this is like a pioneer. This film, 
Like, I think we got to give it some... I can't, I don't think we, I can't let you bury it like that to me. I mean, it's not Black Widow. I mean, let's, let's, it's not a Marvel I'm not Studios saying movie. it's Black Widow. I'm not saying it's a, it's a Marvel Studios movie. I'm just it's saying... No, but I'm just saying I don't think that it's... I think you're burying it a little too much, is my opinion. <laughs> I think when you, when you, when you consider... The because you know sometimes you gotta ignore Twitter. Like yeah, there are people saying oh there's no singing, whatever. Yeah, those those people that are mad that people are singing. There's also people that are complaining about that. They're absolutely gonna go see it. That we're gonna go see it or gonna go buy it. Um, that they just like complaining because that's what you do on social media. I think when you consider the fan base it has coming in with the millennial era, this being a just a absolute like staple of anyone's childhood for my generation and then you factor in also a, a a prominent asian cast for a hollywood film and we know the the issues with representation of asians in hollywood and it being this big production it being this classic chinese tale i think you're selling it short i'm not saying that it, again i'm not saying it's a superhero marvel production but this is a huge. I think right. this is a like huge that, movie. That, that, that's the top of the heap. Like that's we're talking Tenet, Wonder Woman, Black Widow. Like that's like, you know, that's your number one draft pick, as Trump likes to say, <laughs> the number one pick. Like that is Mulan. Mulan is is, a, is is isn't your number one draft pick necessarily. You know, you think Tenet, that, you think Tenet was going to do better than Mulan in the box office? Oh, one hundred thousand percent. I think so too. Now, look, we don't know. 100,000 percent? I don't know about that, man. I can't say we don't that. Know, for sure. We don't know what the number is going to be in China, but we also know that there was a little bit of a controversy regarding Mulan and the Chinese yeah. box office and some stuff with Hong Kong and the actress. So I don't know how that would have done. I don't, I don't know. They were worried about Mulan before this whole thing happened. But um, regardless, uh, yeah, Tenet, yeah, Tenet, because of the Nolan name and. The, the actors and the actors involved, it was going to be. Yeah, it's and, just, be and just knowing the quality of Nolan's movies, you know that right. Movie. And word of mouth, yeah, it was going to. It's going to. I think y'all. I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have taken that bet on you guys and seen what would have happened. Because I, I, I think, and this is how I felt even before. I thought that Tenet was a box off was like an overrated box office like monster. We thought it was going to like. I don't think it was going to be as big as. People thought it was gonna be in the box office. That was my yeah, feeling actually, about it. Probably being by all this hype. <laughs> yeah, well, now it's going to be helped. I thought going in like pre-pandemic and us knowing the movie coming out during the summer, I I know this was like supposed to be the movie. I just didn't I didn't buy into the way you guys I think have bought into like the hype of Tenet. I think that Mulan absolutely could have stood toe to toe with Tenet. And he was JD Washington is a bigger name now than he was when he filmed the movie. Pattinson is Batman now. I just feel like a lot of people who didn't know didn't know that that <laughs> movie was happening. Like I know that they had a good marketing campaign, but I don't, I don't, I don't just, I just don't think that it was as right. I think movie fans knew, but I think the general population, I think right. more people knew Mulan was happening in Tenet. But again, that's a oh yeah, yeah I agree bus. with that. Sorry, but, but like like we said with uh with word of mouth quality of the movie that would have changed. You know, people with word of mouth would have come out like, yo, you guys got to see Tenet. Now, again, maybe it's not a good movie, but 
<laughs> no, no, Christopher yeah. Nolan. It's and, just like the odds makers. I would and, and I and I also wouldn't discount some of the negativity when it comes to Mulan. I mean, I don't like that Wushu's not in the movie. Yeah, Mushu, yeah, or Mushu, yeah, Wushu. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that Mushu's not in the movie. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Murphy's character was wonderful in Mulan. Yeah, man, that's that's a, he's a yeah. fan favorite. You know, there are some things that people. I mean, you talk about our generation. I mean, in having grown up with that movie, I don't like that. You're right. No, I'm I, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm gonna be like, eh, I mean. Imagine if Kevin Hart was Mushu. You were talking about like selling tickets, like that's selling tickets. Yeah. But I mean, look, they wanted to go with a more realistic take. I get it. Like, we don't need the flying dragon. I mean, we don't to, need the the music. Though, though, at the same time, to be fair, Aladdin had Will Smith as a genie. Yeah, that didn't do nothing, and that caused a lot of issues yeah, that, for people. That didn't, for, uh, and me included. That didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> that did not. That day, that backfired. They made the mistake making Will Smith look why making the the genie Will Smith. Like Will Smith, we already know the joke. Will Smith plays himself in every movie. The, the genie is the one character that can't be Will Smith. But they decided to make yeah, it. Yeah, because the genie the genie is like so authentically Robin Williams. So it's just like right. how could you possibly make him Will Smith? Like he's Robin Williams and he does like he's blue. He's a big blue thing. Like you can't make that guy and just say, even when we're gonna give him Will Smith's face and body, that's not gonna look bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, yeah, I was like to my character, but yeah, even his look, I would agree. The look didn't work. Um, last thing on just Black Widow. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like this is a movie that absolutely, as I've said, should come out on VOD. I think that Kendall, you know, you were right. Um, you were well ahead of the curve. I think as soon as this pandemic started, I think you were pretty much immediate saying they got to drop all of this on Disney Plus. I think a lot of people were still like, oh no, we'll be out of this soon, and we'll come out of it later, and. I don't know if you knew that this would be this bad in terms of like the pandemic no, response, yeah. but I think you just thought in terms of the opportunity um, to do something. You were immediate saying, "No, they got to right. drop it now because you're going to have to delay it a little my, bit." My, my logic at the time was, "Look, they were bleeding money, yeah. and if they wanted to make money, this is an obvious way of making money." And they they were scared that they were going to lose all these billions on the back end. But I'm like, "Yo, they've got so many Marvel movies they can make; they'll they'll make that money up." But now they've 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 really blood money and they they're they really need to make this movie because and when I when I see and when I see and when I see now these Hollywood productions starting to get back to work and you know I've seen uh, several movies several TV shows saying we're coming back in a month or a couple of weeks so so now that I'm seeing that I think for Marvel there's there's got to be some uh, there's got to be some impetus to be like okay. We really got to try to get going, get this schedule going. Because like I said, Marvel is a very unique thing in movies, in, the, in Hollywood. Because they're the only franchise that is like where all the story or every movie they put out is linked. So like not having one movie out hurts every other movie in terms of its production time and its release time. And yeah. all these movies are going to start, all these other movies are going to start working soon. And this movie that should have been out months ago is just sitting in the can somewhere. That could mess up a lot of things. That could mess up everything for Marvel. I think at a certain point, which is why I think that there's 100% considering it, I think they got to look at it and say, okay, if we're really going to start sending our crews back out to start making movies and we're not putting out any of the movies that are done, that's just going to push everything back. And as you said, Kendall, that's going to hurt our money stream. At the end of the day, it's just later. We're going to be getting the money that we should be getting. We're going to be getting much later than we wanted to. So I, I think that um, there. I think it's still slim because I think that they really, really want to try to 
push this through to the box office. I think there also is a sentimental value with Black Widow and this being ScarJo's last dance, so to speak. Um, and a female, their first, uh, second, she's their first main female hero, obviously second, uh, you know, headlining female movie. Um, and they want to have that they went to the box office with this. But it, to me, it's simple. The, 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 the jig is up. It's time to move on from that pipe dream and um, get the ball rolling and, and get back into the conversation. Because, you know, momentum, is I think, has been lost. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen any kind of Marvel movie. I, I'm not saying that, oh, superhero movies are on its deathbed, but I, I think that this time has hurt. I think going this long period of time with no movie, we don't know when we're going to see it. You know, they say November, but I don't think anybody thinks that day is going to stick. Like, I think you want to stay relevant in this, like, very ADD era that we're in where people's, um, people's you know, patience and their and the time they're willing to, to sit and pay attention to you is so much sooner, it's so much smaller now than it's been ever before because you can access anything you want on your phone or on your tablet or on your television in some instances. I think that if it behooves Disney and behooves Marvel to just drop it on the on the streaming service. If you got to fight Regal and fight AMC, just fight them later. I don't think that they need to be wasting any more time. Um, that will do it, I think, for this week's podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We gave you guys a two for this week. And I thought both of these podcasts would be a little shorter, but they actually ended up both being kind of like our normal timing. So you guys got a lot of hero content for podcasting this week. So you guys, hope you guys really enjoyed it. As I said on the last podcast... Um, there will be some content from DC Fandom. What exactly it will be, I can't, I'm not 100% sure yet because we're still trying to figure that out. As I said uh, yesterday, though, I think the podcast I, I said yesterday dropped today. So you may see both these podcasts next to each other soon. Um, but regardless, there will be something. It, it could very well be on our YouTube channel. Most likely, there will be something on our YouTube channel, Generation Media. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like our videos. Um, maybe there's a podcast element to it, or maybe we just do a whole hero talk next week, normal time period, Monday or Tuesday, just recapping all of fandom. We got to figure out how we're going to do it. But check, keep your eyes peeled to not just, uh, obviously, the podcast network, but definitely keep your eyes peeled to YouTube Generation Media, where I can almost guarantee you there will be some content on DC Fandom this week. Obviously, check out DC Fandom. I know maybe the promo for DC, but it should be a great event. Um, we're going to talk a bunch about it, so if you don't watch it, maybe you'll feel a little out of the loop, so I say check it out if you have nothing to do on Saturday. Uh, follow us uh, on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, um, and Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat, MCSham22. Follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, ActionEJ. Thank you guys again for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.